Well, I'll start off, start off with a story. I was a strong-willed child, uh, still am, and whenever I was in first grade, I absolutely hated going to school, and it was a battle every single morning. And one morning, I decided that I was going to lock my mom out of the car, you see, because she had to get out of the car to come around to, to pull me out of the car. And so I thought, this is my chance. I'm going to lock her out. What will she do? And so in her version of the story, you know, she's standing out there with her bathrobe on and curlers, banging on the door, threatening my life. And I just remember sitting inside the car just thinking, what can she do? Like, there's nothing that she can do. Like, I am totally in control of this situation. Is that the mind of a strong-willed child or what? Okay. So... <laughs> The interesting thing about that is, again, we don't outgrow that strong will. And so this is not just a phase. This is not just a buzzword. This is something that your child will have for the rest of his or her life. And it is a good thing. I know everybody's looking like, gosh, just ruined my night. <laughs> but it is a good thing. It is a good thing. And that's what I hope that you leave here with tonight is just looking at your strong-willed child from a little bit of a different perspective. And I walk around the room, they're recording this tonight, and I tend to walk around and they said I have to stay right here. So it's going to be really hard for me. So I need like a, you know, if I move out of the range like a dog trainer, but okay. So anyway, strong-willed children, let's get started. We've got a lot to cover tonight. There is a note page. If you are a person who likes to take, take notes, feel free. If you are a person who likes to sit and listen, just sit and listen. And um, I just pray tonight that you will leave here feeling encouraged, that you will find some things that you feel that you are doing well, that you can say, good, okay, I'm doing that. But I also pray that you'll leave here with one or two, one or two tools that you can use and apply to your strong-willed child and build that close, positive relationship because that's so very important for them to know that we are on their side. So let me just take a minute to introduce myself. This is my family. I've been married to my husband, Brad, for almost 18 years. And um, he's a school teacher, um, works with a lot of strong-willed elementary school kids in Danville. He also does photography on the side. So this picture right here was taken with a camera, and then we run and sit and <laughs> smile real quick. But this literally is like one second of what our family looks like. Um, this is not working. There we go. This is more of what, what we look like behind the scenes. This is our messy kitchen, um, and those are my cranky, strong-willed kids. So I have three of them. I think that's fun um, to have all three strong-willed kids. But I also know that God gave me these strong-willed kids as a gift, just as your strong-willed kids are gifts to you. So this is the organization that I founded that Jen was talking about. It's called Real Life Families. And through this, I'm a family coach and I specialize in parenting and child discipline. And one of the things that I'm really passionate about through Real Life Families is helping families 
develop teamwork tools to work with their kids because we want to work with our kids we want them to know that we're a team that we're all in this together we do not want to build walls we want to build bridges between our children and so we develop and teach classes in our community and our goal literally is to build better families to strengthen them through teamwork so what a better way to talk about strength than to talk about the strong-willed child um, all three of my children, as I said, are strong-willed, so let me introduce them to you, and I love, they always tell, I always tell them I share stories about them, and ask them if it's okay now that they're getting older, and they think it's pretty hilarious. Uh, so my oldest son is, uh, Ben, he's nine and a half, and we knew that he was strong-willed from the get-go. It took us about almost five years to conceive him, and then he was a couple of days late with 27 hours of labor, an emergency C-section, and they had to yank him out. And so we knew this guy was going to be strong-willed from the beginning. Our first indication as a toddler that he was strong-willed was when he had a toy that kind of, it was one of those automatic vehicles that just kind of did things on their own, that he hated it. He wanted to control the vehicle. He didn't want the vehicle doing its own thing, and he would just get all angry at that. My daughter, Abigail, she's six and a half. We knew that she was strong-willed because she started walking and talking by the time she was one. Her first couple of words were dinosaur and crocodile. And we knew that we were in for a treat with her. Um, but we also remember a time where she, <laughs> we were laughing about this tonight, but where she went through a phase where she wanted to flush the toilet. And if you flush the toilet first, well, look out. Because she would just run to the toilet. Oh, I wanted to flush the toilet. And we're like, oh, okay, okay, sorry about that. Here, you go ahead, you flush it. And she would just be like, no, I wanted to flush it the first time. And it's like, how do I unflush the toilet? I don't know. You tell me. Um, and so she would just throw a massive fit because she wanted to flush the toilet the first time. So our youngest little guy is Nathaniel. He's four and a half, and he is our most strong-willed. And I always joke that he is the reason that we quit having kids because they just kept getting more and more strong-willed as we went along. Um, but the truth is, is that I'm actually almost 44 years old, and I had three C-sections, and the doctor said, you're done. But I just joke because it's like, that's all I can handle, right? That's all, that's it, I'm done, three strong-willed. But we knew... <laughs> We knew that this guy was our most strong-willed when he was the first one, he was like the youngest one to climb out of his crib. And for three months, three months, from the times of 7 p.m. to 10 p.m., we had to carry him back into his room over and over and over and over and over and over. We didn't go anywhere. We didn't do anything because that kid was going to stay in his room and stay in his bed. So that was one of the things I learned is I had to be more strong-willed than they were. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Who aren't they exhausting? Did anybody get chocolate? Because I know someone that came in said, this is because of my strong-willed kid. This is why I'm eating this chocolate now. So there is water and chocolate around the room if you didn't get a chance to get that. Feel free. Okay. 
So let's define strong-willed. So just shout out, what are some, let's go with the more negative connotations of strong-willed. What are some things that you think about? Now, you're all strong-willed kids, so I know you got them. So shout them out. My way. My way. Always a discussion. Always a discussion. Always right. Always right. Constant back-talking. Constant back-talking. Defiant. Defiant. Stubborn. Everybody's what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anxiety. Anxiety. Controlling. Controlling. Drama. Drama. <laughs> See, now we're getting into it. All right. Those are all good. So I looked it up. I was like, you know, what is the definition of strong will? It says determined to do as I want, even if other people advise against it. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. And then the synonyms that they came up with were stubborn, obstinate, willful, headstrong, strong-minded, self-willed, unbending, unyielding. And I feel like that's kind of how I look at my kids a lot, is you are just unyielding. You are so stubborn. And it's just really, it just wants you, makes you want to pull your hair out sometimes. They're so frustrating, right? But what I want to do tonight is redefine strong-willed. So in my years of teaching, so I've been working with strong-willed kids for about 21 years. 11 years was as an educator. Eight of those years was in a middle school science classroom. And then over the last almost 10 years with my own kids. And I ran into, for two years I taught seventh graders. Raise your hand if you have a seventh grader. God bless you, okay? They are so difficult, I promise. I promise they do get better. There's just something about seventh grade. Good Lord, have mercy. (gasps) Anyway, so I only taught seventh grade for two years. I'm like, I'm out of there. Eighth grade, here I come. But so seventh grade, I had a student, and his name was Dominic. And he was was definitely strong-willed, but... I looked at him and I thought, dang, you know, he's really creative, he's really funny, he's really um, think think outside the box kind of kid, and I just really enjoyed having him in my science classroom, and I really tried to focus on those things about him, but I remember one of my my team, the teachers on my team came up to me and she said, oh, that Dominic, like, he just drives me crazy, like, he's never paying attention, he's just always, you know being squirrely and he's just so immature and I was just like really I'm like I don't know I just think he's really funny and and he's so creative and I just really enjoy having him in class and she just looked at me like are you serious Dominic like yeah and you know by the end of the week she was like yeah you know I do see that he's kind of creative and I do see that he thinks outside the box and he is really funny I'm like, isn't that interesting, just the power of persuasion? And that's what I hope that we can do tonight together, because we're all in this together, you guys. You know, So I just hope that you can leave here feeling very encouraged and just looking at your strong-willed child in a little bit of a different way. So I want to share, before we get into kind of the, um, I think that's next, let me make sure. Oh, oh no, we didn't, we didn't look at it from a good way. That was my segue. Okay. So let's look at it from let's look at it from a good way. Redefining our strong-willed kids right here, okay? And this is what we're going to focus on tonight, the good stuff. 
the stuff that God says here. This is a gift to you. They are determined to stand up for what they believe, no matter what others may think or feel. Now, when we look at it from that perspective, doesn't that sound great? Yeah. That little shift in, in our focus. And then there's words like passionate, problem solver, outside-of-the-box thinker, will refuse to simply follow the crowd, fights for injustice, a leader, a world changer. These are the kids that you are parenting right now. The world changers, the leaders, coming soon, right? We just got to survive this phase with them. So before we dive in, though, I want to make sure that we cover just a couple of things that I always want parents to take a close look at because sometimes it's not always a strong will that we're dealing with. So I want to just kind of enlighten you a little bit with just some other factors that might be going on. I always tell parents to remember SOS, sugar, overstimulation, and sleep. Those are three factors that affect the behavior of your children. And they can make them have stronger will tendencies than they normally would have. If they didn't have as much sugar, if they weren't overstimulated by TV or video games or whatever else, or too many activities. And then sleep. I'm not kidding you, I'm a different person, right? Whenever I'm not, haven't slept well, very vicious. Kids are the same thing. So we need to take a look at those factors too because if you have a strong little kid on your hands and you have some of these factors going on, whoo, look out, right? But the other thing too is just, is it normal kid behavior? Because sometimes I think we're quick to label them as strong-willed, but in reality, they're just a toddler throwing a fit, right? Or we might look at them as strong-willed, but in reality, they're just a teenager who's going through a little bit of a rebellious phase. So that's why we want to make sure that we know what we're dealing with. Okay, now the strategies that I'm going to share with you tonight are going to apply to any child, but especially to the heart of the strong-willed child. Okay, so I just wanted to throw that out there. So speaking of strong-willed, this will be a fun little game. Right here, some of you may not be able to see it. I've got one on that side too, just so, just so that you can see it. But on the floor here, I have a blue line. And I thought it would be fun to just brainstorm as a group, since we all have strong-willed kids, and we know what our kids would probably do. Let's just say that we gave our child the direction that we said, okay, here's that, see that blue line? Don't step over that blue line. Okay, you're laughing because you know where this is headed, right? Okay, so what are some things that your kids would do? Walk straight up to the front of it and put his feet right on it. Okay, walk straight up, put their feet right on it, right? The exact opposite of whatever you said. The exact opposite. They would just go like this, right? Okay, all right, what else? Put their hands across it, but not their feet across it. Be like, you didn't say I couldn't put my hand across it. Right? Ask why. Ask why. Why? Why can't I cross it? Why is it there? Why is it blue? 
right? What else? I would just get rid of the blue line. You what? They move the blue line. Move the blue line. Awesome. They would just pick it up, move it, and be like, now wait a second here. You know, I, I needed to get over here, so I just thought I'd move the blue line so that I didn't step across it, right? What do you do with that? Anybody have anything else? I think you got most of them. They would instruct their sister to cross the blue line. She crossed it. Oh, I like that one. That's a good one. That's a good one. Anybody else? Do they jump across it? You said not to walk across the blue line. So they would jump across it because that's not walking. Right, right. That's right. So I'm following your directions, Mom. Yeah. Tightrope it. Like, Tightrope it. They're not crossing it. They're going to walk on it. <laughs> Look, I'm not crossing it. I'm not crossing it. <laughs> Anything else? These are so good. It's just fun. Doesn't it make you laugh that they come up with stuff like this? No, everyone's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that they do this to me, right? I love now. But <laughs> I know. It's funny now. It's funny. But there are moments where there are tears. I get it. I do. Okay, so let's take a look because I think you got them all. So range of the strong-willed kids. On this end, we've got the compliant kids. I like this kid right here. This is the compliant officer. This is the kid who you say, and I don't know what this is like because this does not happen in our home, but this is the kid where you say, don't step over that blue line. And they say, okay. And then they tell everyone, don't step over that blue line. Hey, 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 hey. Nobody can step over that blue line, right? And then the compliant kid who's just going to say, okay, and go about their business. What would that be like? Oh, my gosh. That would be so great. And, you know, some of you might have a compliant kid and a strong-willed kid, and you just think, oh, my gosh, night and day, right? We don't have, any, we don't have either of these kids. Okay, so then I think we got the question, the boundary kid, like why is it there? Why is it blue? Why? Okay, we got that right. And then we have push the boundary kid. So this is the kid that's going to go up to the blue line and not cross it, but I'm like right on it, right? I'm not stepping over it, but I'm right on it. And then we have the loophole kid, and that's the kid who's like, well, but you didn't say I couldn't pirouette across the blue line, <laughs> you know? And then you have the make up my own rules kid. So that's the kid who's going to like move the line. We got that one, right? You guys are good. So you know, you know the kids. And then we have the defiant kid who's just going to look right at you and just cross it anyway. Yeah, we got that kid. And then we got the, the sneaky kid. Oh, what's that kid going to do? Because you kind of got that too, where you push the sibling and then you run over and you get the sibling, you blame it on the sibling. But this other kid, though, can you think of what the, the sneaky kid could do? Wait to see if you're not watching. Thank you. When you're not watching, that kid will cross the blue line, step over it, and then come back over. And then there's, like, something broken over there. But they didn't do it. They didn't step over the blue line. I don't know how that happened. Right? <laughs> All right. So anybody have kids in this zone? No, okay. There are a few. Okay. And the problem is, because I have some friends who had their compliant kids first, and then they had their strong-willed kids next, 
and they're like, what is wrong with this child? Because you think that that's how all kids are supposed to be, and they're not, right? Am I right? Okay. Oh, this is fun. Kids are great. You know, they're actually my favorite kids, the strong-willed kids are. And I remember as a teacher, this one kid, his name was Cody, and he would come in. He came in at the beginning of the year, and he had on a black collar, black nail polish, black lipstick, and black spiky hair. And I just looked at him, and I'm like, that is going to be my favorite kid by the end of the year. And he was. He was. Like, all the other teachers hated him, and he was just my favorite kid. And so I just have a heart for that strong-willed kid. I have a heart for that tough kid because they need, kids are kids, and they all have the same needs and all have the same desires. And so let's go through our little checklist tonight. Um, I'm sure that I said everything. Okay. Top 10. This is our top 10 list, okay? Top 10 ways to survive, I mean thrive, with a strong-willed child. I'm going to check time here. Okay. Top 10 ways to survive, I mean thrive, with a strong-willed child. Because we do want to thrive with them. And there are going to be days where we're going to just be surviving. I get that. But we do, wanna, we do want to um, thrive. Okay. Are we ready? It's being strong. Right? <laughs> okay, number 10. Pray. There were so many nights in those three months of trying to get this strong-willed kid to stay in his bedroom, that I would just sit out on the steps and cry. I mean, seriously, you guys, these kids bring us to tears, and we're adults, right? I mean, I see some head, head nodding. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Um, but I would sit on the steps and just say, God, you have to help me, because I cannot do this by myself. And so we have to be parents who pray. We have to just cry out for help, and we have to pray for wisdom. We have to pray for encouragement, you know, and just literally praying every second of the day for new eyes to see this kid the way that God sees them so that we can shepherd their hearts in the direction that he wants them to go. Because let's be honest, a strong-willed kid, they can go either way. And so we have to cover these children in prayer. So please be intentional. You know, I tell parents, if you have a strong-willed kid, you should have a journal just for that kid. And just start praying and writing out requests to God for that kid. And that will be something that, that will be such a gift to that child someday to say, look how much I prayed for you. And look how much God answered our prayers over you. So that's, that's something to start tonight. Okay, And I want you to actually put a star next to this number 10 here. Because if you don't do anything else for your strong-willed kid but pray, you will see positive changes. That's how powerful that it can be. <laughs> oh, I made myself a note that said to remember that the, the most irritating characteristic 
that your child has right now is probably how God wants to use that kid in the future. And that's just the, the sense of humor and the irony that I think that God has. And so that's another reason to cover that kid in prayer, because that irritating quality is going to be so good for the kingdom of God someday. Oh, it makes me laugh. Okay, number nine. Oh, let me share this first. I always look for Bible verses to encourage myself as a parent and to encourage other parents. And I just found this one the other day. And it was in the message version, but it just really inspired me as a parent, especially one of strong-willed children. Because one of the things that, that I struggle with is anger. Yeah, right? When you have a strong-willed kid, that is what, it just brings it out in you. And if that's one of your um, weaknesses anyway, that it, they can just push every single button that you have. But this one says, God's servant must not be argumentative, but a gentle listener and a teacher who keeps cool. That spoke to me. Working firmly but patiently with those who refuse to obey. I was like, wow. I mean, that's like God speaking to me about my children. Right? So I just think that's just such a beautiful picture that we are not to be argumentative, but just gentle. Teachers, keeping our cool, working firmly but patiently with those who refuse to obey. And that is just strong-willed kids right there. All right, now we're at number nine. And you know what? This one's a really powerful one because I was just hearing that, that anger is one of my weaknesses. But just to simply know your own strengths and weaknesses is really important as a parent, especially one of, a, of strong-willed kids because if you know your strengths and weaknesses and you know where you're vulnerable, then it's not going to be as easy for those kids to push your buttons. You know, and it's okay. Like, I have told my kids, I need some space right now because I can feel my anger bubbling up. So it's like, you know, I just need some space right now. And we practice what that means and what they need to do because you, you have to know what your weaknesses are <laughs> with a strong-willed kid. But it's also good to know your strengths. Yeah. Well, one thing is we have what's called their, their safe spots. And if I need space, and I mean, and it's like an emergency situation where it's like, get out of my face now, then I will just let them know, guys, you, you have to go to your safe spots. And they each have like, they each have a little spot in the house where they know that that's kind of their place to go. Um, you know, honestly, I have, I have locked myself in my bathroom before, uh, my bedroom before, you know, the, the basement before. I've hidden in closets before. <laughs> I mean, you got to do what you got to do. If you need to get away, you, you just have to, you know. So I don't know if that's helpful, but it's, I know it sounds pretty desperate, but sometimes you get in those situations where you're just like, I got I to gotta get some space. You know, um, obviously if my husband's home, sometimes I'm just like, I got to get out of here. And then I just go for a walk and just get out of the house for a minute because they just can really get to you. Right? <laughs> it sounds a lot easier said than done. I know. 
I know. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's good to know your strengths, too. Because guess what? God gave you those children on purpose. Okay? And I know that sounds funny, but really, truly, there is some sort of refining and shaping and molding that God is doing in our own lives through our children. Because I don't feel like I have grown or been stretched or been called to be more like God and and more of a patient and loving and kind mom um, than when or person than when I became a mom. And so just know that that's the plan for God is those kids were given to you as a gift on purpose and they were specially selected for you. And you're like, thanks, God. But I want you to say, thank you, God. Like, because you're helping me be a better person. And so it's good to just know our strengths, right? Know how can we use our strengths in our parenting? Because let me tell you, even if teaching is not one of your strengths, it's something that we all need to grow in. Because you are your child's greatest teacher. And the one that they look up to and will learn from the absolute most. You know, so if you don't feel like that's one of your strengths, always room to grow. But God wants to use the strengths he has given you too, you know, to be able to pour into your kids. And so I just want to encourage you, just if you don't feel confident in who you are and who God created you to be, then the kids are going to feel, will feel that, you know. But the truth is, is that we are in charge. We are in loving authority over our children, and it is our job to parent them, not their job to parent us, right? They are not in charge. We are. And I tell my kids that all the time. You know, God put me in loving authority over this family and, and my spouse, over you guys. You are not in charge. Someday you will be. So you want to encourage the strong-willed kids. Someday you will be. When you have your own family, you'll be in charge of them. But You're not in charge of this family. God did not put you in charge of this family. And so I think that's okay to share that with them. All right, number eight. Oh, oh, I forgot I have these. So a little message from your strong-willed child. I do not have trouble with your authority, but I do have trouble with your approach. A lot of people feel that strong-willed kids have trouble with authority. They don't. In fact, they will be very loyal. Um, They will be very compliant. They will actually be a very compliant child if they value your approach, if they know that you value them. And so that's why it's important that we understand that it's not about necessarily the fact that they are um, not respecting our authority. They're not respecting our approach to parenting them. So that's why we want to to dig into that. So now let's move on, if we can. He said he put fresh batteries. Here we go. All right, so number eight. Work as a team. Work as a team. Here's the thing is that it's not our job to make our kids happy. It's not our job to make our kids happy. You know, and I feel that sometimes parents get stuck in this 
passive parenting where it's just like, I just want my kids to be happy. I want them to get whatever they want. And that is just the worst thing in the world for any kid, but especially a strong-willed kid because they want you to be in charge. They expect you to be in charge and they actually feel very insecure and very frustrated when you're not in charge. So that's the weird thing about strong-willed kids. They want you to think they're in charge, but they actually really desire for you to be in charge. It's weird. It's another way that they're weird. Um, and I, I take that as a compliment. But anyway, people call me weird all the time. So it's our job to not give them their way and do what they want and make them happy all the time, right? And it's not our job to boss them around and yell at them and tell them what to do all the time because a strong-willed kid is just going to be like, no. They're just going to shut you, shut you out completely. But our job is to work as a team. So I'm going to share with you, this is a picture of my daughter, Abigail, and I. She had a lot of trouble going to kindergarten this year, and I had a lot of trouble with her going to kindergarten, too. <laughs> you know my Abby, don't you? And so um, she, every day, she would cry going in. And it got to the point where teachers, my, my older son had to pull her down the hallway, and she would just be screaming and crying the whole time. And, you know, it brought back memories, first of all, from when I was a kid and wanting to lock my mom out of the car and not wanting to go to school. But I shared that with her, you know, because I wanted her to know, like, I'm on your team, and I'm not going to punish you for this. I'm not going to get angry at you for this. Because a strong-willed kid, again, they just want you to know that, that you're on their team. And so I would just say, you know, Abby, I want to share with you that I used to not want to go to school either. But I want to teach you why we go to school. See, strong-willed kids, they want to know why, 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 right? So I want to teach you why we go to school. And so you talk to them about, you know, learning and responsibility and having a job someday. And I mean, I know that sounds crazy to talk about their future, but that's what kids need. And especially strong-willed kids, they need to know, what is this purpose? How is it going to help me? Right? Most kids are very selfish. They want to know how it helps me. So I said, gosh, you know, this is your journey. This is your journey. And I'm going to give you Bible verses that encourage you. And we did the, you know, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And so I just told her, like, you are not alone in that classroom. Like, God is always with you, even when you're totally afraid. And, yeah, it's scary. And you're, you're going to be sad. But I know when you're ready, you're going to walk in that, in that school with confidence. So for three months, <laughs> something about three months of my kids, for three months I would drop her off and she would scream and cry and they would like take her down the hallway and screaming and crying and it just broke my heart. But I just kept telling her, I know you'll get this. I know you'll get this. I know you're going to get this. You're going to have that confidence one day. You know, that's what working as a team is all about. It's just to be that person who can relate to them, who can encourage them, and who can share, like, I've been there. You know, I know what it's like, but I also believe in you, and I know that you're going to get this. And when you decide, that's the thing, when the strong-willed kids d decide to do something, it's beautiful. Then they got it. It's them. It's theirs. And now... She walks in every single day with confidence. And there was no punishment. There was no fighting. There was no screaming. There was no yelling. It was just, this is on you, Abby. This is all on you. And when you're ready, I'm going to be so excited for that day. 
And it was so exciting. And now every day I'm like, God, thank you. She just walks in, bye. It's just so great. You know, that's the heart of the strong-willed child. That's what happens when we choose to work as a team with them. And I know that it's easier said than done, but we have to care about working as a team and building that close, positive relationship more than anything else. Really, truly. Okay, let me check my notes. Oh, one of the things that that kids need to hear in working as a team, especially strong-willed kids, is this question. How can we solve the problem together? You know, how can we solve this problem together? I think that is a really powerful question to ask for kids of any age. You know, because I know we have different age ranges in here. Let's do that real quick. Who has zero to five kids? Whoa, okay. Okay, who has five to ten? Five to ten, okay. 10 to 12? Yeah, you guys just keep your hands up. <laughs> and how about teens? Okay, okay. But this is a powerful question to ask any kid at any time is how can we work as a team to solve this problem? So whatever is going on, whether it's homework or a bad attitude, you know, whatever, just how can we work on this together? And then come up with a solution together. Because if you get that kid to buy into it, then they're going to they're gonna do it. They're going to follow through with it. That's also the beauty of the strong-willed kid. Any suggestions for when your kid gets to an age of teenagers and they're in that stage that your parents... I mean, I remember being in that stage where your parents are completely... Don't know a thing. <laughs> because if I came... I think if I came along with my teenager and said, how can we help you solve this problem together? He would totally be like, I do not want your input on this. Mm-hmm. Because it's well, that stage where he's growing his own wings. Absolutely. Really. Absolutely. And I mean, I think it's okay. Like, if they're getting along okay, that's great. But if they're not, then it's like, well, you know, I understand that that you, and I totally believe that you can do this. I know that you can do this. But it's clear that, that it's it's not working. So we do need to work something out. You know, there does need to be something in place that we that we need to work together. So whether they laugh about it or not, clearly they're not able to do it on their own yet, right? And that's how we want to encourage that kid is, okay, clearly this isn't working for you yet, but let's figure out a way that you can get to that point because they have to kind of earn that freedom or earn that phone or earn, you know, the ability to, um, or the privilege of going to a friend's house or whatever. That's not just an automatic given. So I don't know if that, if that helps. Cause I mean, they, if they can prove themselves, great, go for it. But if they can't, then they still need your input, whether they like it or not. Right. All right. Number eight. Oh, we already did number eight. I think I've got a quote after this. Hang on. All right, message from your strong-willed child. When told, do it or else, I will choose else. (laughs) Right? And this is why we cannot be that bossy, bossy, bossy. We just can't be that bossy, bossy, bossy with um, our strong-willed kids. You know, one of the things I'm working on, um, I have some resources here for you to check out. One of the things that I'm working on with my oldest is... um, Argument versus discussion. Argument versus discussion. And just lining it out. Like, what does an argument look like? What does a discussion look like? Because I want my kids to be able to talk to me about anything. Anything at all. 
And so I just say, you know what? If you ever come up to me and say, can we discuss this? Then I am all ears. But if you come up to me and I'll be like, wait, 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 wait. Okay, let's pause and let's look at what a discussion looks like. So if you want to grab this afterwards, and this is also on our website, reallifefamilies.org, but this is just a great tool, and I showed this to my son today, and I said, buddy, you know, this is where we want to be, right here. We want to be able to have a healthy discussion where it isn't like do it or else, but it's like, hey, let's talk it through. I value your opinion. I value what you have to say, and I think you have some really great ideas so let's discuss, you know, let's never argue. In fact, I tell my kids all the time that the only time that we should argue in our house is about how much we love each other, right? I don't know. I think that's sweet. We'll see, we'll see if that lasts for the teenage years. I'm, I'm hopeful. All right, number seven. In advance. As much as possible. Strong-willed kids need in advance as much as possible. Clear, fair expectations and consequences. And sorry, that's like all jumbled up. I think it was when it was it went from whatever that program to my program to that program. But in advance, set clear, fair expectations and consequences. That's the best part about teamwork as well, is that, you know, before you even give them a cell phone, <coughs> you talk about expectations and consequences. You know, before you give them keys to a car, you talk about expectations and consequences. And you set it up with them. You know, you, you write up a contract. You make them sign it. Whatever it is that you need to do, that's what I recommend. Sit down and make a list. Now, those of you with little ones, one of the things that we've been working on, too, is at mealtime, at mealtime, I just say, can you be ready? And can means clean hands, attitude of gratitude, and necessary items. I love to hear my four-and-a-half-year-old say, Mommy, I have all of my necessary items. <laughs> this is so cute. And so don't think that if they're little that they can't do these things. They can. He's actually the best at it. My older kids are the worst, but he's actually the best at this. He just runs. As soon as I say, can you be ready for dinner? He just runs and he does all these things and he's the first one at the table. Of course, he also likes to eat, so that helps. Um, but then at, once they're at the table, the B stands for bottoms down, eat what is on your plate, and encouraging words. And so again, you go through and you let them know, here's our, here's our expectations at mealtime. And then you can talk about consequences, whatever that may be whether you excuse them from the table if they don't have an attitude of gratitude. We've also taken their plates away if they don't have an attitude of gratitude, and they get to try again. Um, so it's good to have those expectations and consequences set up in advance to where they understand it. And then I also recommend putting it in writing and, and putting it up when you can. Yeah? How long do you wait before they get to try again? For the meal times, because that seems like a really useful solution. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, honestly, gratitude and you know the whole Oh, uh, absolutely. Thing. As so, soon as they're ready to come to the table with gratitude, they can come back to the table. So I mean, it's literally like your plate's gone. Now are you ready to have a good attitude? Great. Come back, join our family. Yeah. So I mean, it's pretty, you know, whenever you're ready. 
-hmm. So you don't just take the plate away, you actually make them get up and leave the table? Either way. Either way works. Because you don't want that to be a battle either, right? Leaving is. the table, right? <laughs> but that's just a tool to just think about your family and things that aren't working. You know, that's what I encourage you to do is take a look at just your family routine. Take a look at what's not working and be like, okay, let's talk to our kids and say, guys, this isn't working. Let's figure out uh, a system of, of expectations and consequences and let's make sure we're all in agreement and we all know we can all encourage each other on it. Okay, awesome. Strong little kids love okay. You know, some parenting experts say don't say okay to your kids because then that's saying you know are you're kind of asking for their permission but to a strong-willed kid sometimes okay just kind of softens the request a little bit i don't know you can try it and see <laughs> let me know be like never say that again all right a message from your strong-willed child you really can't make me do anything You know, we can punish, we can try to force feed them. We, we can't really make them go to sleep. We can't really make them go to the bathroom, right? And so we have to live with that reality that we really, truly can't make them do anything, and they know it, okay? And that's, again, why it's so important to work as a team. All right, let me check my notes. Okay, wait, I wanted to share one more thing about the um, consequences in advance, and then I want to um, hurry along here. But one thing for a strong-willed kid, too, is let's say that my oldest was having some trouble in school. And, you know, sometimes as a parent, our first instinct is like, well, there's got to be a consequence, or we need to punish that, right? Well, a lot of times with kids, especially strong-willed kids, it's really helpful to give them another opportunity and just say, you know, from now on, and that kind of goes along with the expectations in advance. But when he came home and, I, and I, the teacher was sharing some of the things he was doing in class, I'm like, buddy, you know, that does not show kindness to your teacher. That doesn't show respect to your teacher. And I wasn't sure if you're aware of that or not, but that's how it comes across to your teacher is that you don't care, that you're a disrespectful kid, and is that how, is that how you want her to see you? And he just looked at me like, no. I'm like, well, then, you know, let's, let's straighten it up and let's choose kindness. Let's choose respect to your teacher. And then I'll say, I'm going to give you a chance to, to work on that. But if it continues to be a problem, a problem, we're going to need to meet up again and talk about a solution. You see how that works? I don't, I've never had to do anything for school because every single time he pulls it, he pulls it together. And so it's just great to let him know, like, you know, this is how it's coming across, and let's work, let's work on that. And I'm going to give you a chance to do it. Okay? Get it right. Do it, do it better. And they will rise to that occasion most of the time. Okay, this one's a good one. We're going to camp on this one just for a little while. Uh, put a star on, on this one right here, number six. Give opportunities for power and control. Give opportunities for power and control. Because remember that they have a very strong will. And it is something that God gave them that we cannot parent out of them. We can try, but it will only build resentment. And so we want to give them healthy opportunities for power and control. 
one of the things that that I recommend that that works with my strong-willed kids is literally offer suggestions. And that's really hard because they don't always take your suggestions. But you just offer suggestions. Like for a coat, you know, when it's this time of year where it's kind of like either way. I mean, if it's like 25 below zero, like I've, you're putting on a coat, right? But in this kind of weather, it's like, well, here's what I suggest. Why don't you bring your coat, and then if you need it, then you have it. But if you don't bring it, then and if you need it, you don't have it. What do you think about that? And they'll go, no. You know? So it's not always going to work, but it is a good tool to use. Just offer a suggestion. Here's what I suggest, and then you decide what you want to do. Okay? This is a great one, too, especially if you have little ones. What is your body telling you? You know the kid who's just going like this? And it's like, buddy, can you go to the bathroom? No, I'm just dancing. You know what I'm talking about? No, that's not okay. Okay, okay. But anyway, so it's like, I let them know, hey, what's your body telling you right now? So again, it's putting them in charge where they're thinking, oh, oh, yeah, okay, my body's telling me that I need to do this. You're not telling me I need to do it, but my body is. And that's what I tell them. You know, when you start doing that, that's your body telling you that you need to go to the bathroom. You might want to listen to your body. See how we do that? That's kind of a, a fun tool. Okay, allow choices. This is a great way to give strong-willed kids some power, some control. And so if, if they're going to have a vegetable, give them a choice of which one that they get to pick. Well, you need to pick one, but you get to pick which one. Okay, same thing with getting dressed or whatever. Or, you know, if they're thinking about, if you're looking at, setting up consequences for something. Well, here's, here's your choices. <laughs> you pick which one that you want. And the last two are really great with, with my older kid, you know, because he's old enough now to ride his bike around the neighborhood, and, and he has a checklist after school. I think I've got it over here, yeah. So we have a little checklist that we do after school. It's always good to put a checklist in charge. Right? Put a checklist in charge. If there are things that your kids need to get done, you don't need to be the one saying, did you do this, did you do this, did you do this, did you do this, did you do this? Because if you have multiple kids, that's exhausting. Um, but this is great just to put a checklist in charge. How you doing? Did you get your checklist done? That kind of thing. But I like the question, what's your plan? Because he'll come in from school and be like, Mom, you know, this, the neighbor wants me to go over and play at his house. And I'll just say, Great, what's your plan for your checklist? And he'll be like, well, I'm going to get everything done except my homework. I'm going to do that whenever I come home. I'll be like, great, see ya. So, again, he gets to decide. And then when he comes home, he does his homework. Like, it's beautiful when you let your kids decide what they want to do and when they want to do it. In your healthy, boundary, loving authority, parental control. You know what I'm saying. Okay. There we go. A message from your strong-willed child. Oh, love this. Even if I had already planned to do what you've asked me to do, I won't do it now. So if they were getting ready to go upstairs and clean their room, and you said, hey, by the way, while you're up there, clean your room. Oh, I was just going to do it, but now they've asked me to do it, and I'm not doing it. That is actually what they will do sometimes. My husband says, yeah, I did that when I was a kid. <laughs> 
He's also strong-willed. By the way, how many of you were strong-willed kids yourselves? Yeah, your parents are like, ha, ha, ha. Aren't they? Right? Hey, that. She does it Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. Okay, let me think, make sure I got everything. Okay, number five. Number five. Fight the battles that matter. Fight the battles that matter. If you have a strong-willed kid, then there will be a lot of battles. And you just have to be able to pick the ones that matter. And so I say look at character and safety. Everything else can be compromised and say, well, you know, let's let's work as a team. Let's figure out a solution. And this is why if you go to church on Easter Sunday here, you will probably see my four-and-a-half-year-old in a full police costume. I don't fight that battle. He, he will wear his fire costume to the store, and he will go like this to my cart. and he'll just guide me through the through the store with his fire costume on he wants to be in control and so it'll take us like five times as long to go to the store because he will be doing this it's just so cute but we want to fight the battles that matter and when we step up to a battle to fight it we have to be the ones that win and i know that sounds really like we have to win but it's true for a strong-willed kid If you step up and say, we're going to battle this out, and then you back down, look out. They will eat you alive. Because kids will do what works, too. Like, if they, like, flail and flop and throw the big, most giant, massive fit in the world, and then you give in, they just won. Right? So you have to be able to do this. My husband will say this to me. He will say, Don't sink with the ship. (laughs) And I have to remember that. Because my anger, right? I have to remember, like, that is on you. So I'm going to just walk away. Because I have set the boundary. You are sad about that. And I'm really sorry that you're sad about that. But see you later. And then I have to just walk away. Because otherwise I will sink with that ship. And you just let them sink. You let them get as angry as they want for as long as they want. But I want you to remember these two words. When, then. When, then. I will say, when you are done with that big giant fit of yours, then I would like to play a game with you. So you let me know when you're done, okay? And then you just walk away. Right? And this is a great tool to use, too. Like, if you, if you need them to get ready to go somewhere, you need to say, like, if you're going to go to the park, when... You go to the bathroom, brush your teeth, and get dressed. Then we will go to the park. My four-and-a-half-year-old will go, oh, not that. Because he knows when I say when, then, that is it. Like, you do it or we don't go. He's like, don't, no, don't say that. It's a great tool to use. Just when, then. Yeah. What about things like that they have to do, like school or daycare? You can't say when you get dressed, then we'll go to daycare. Because then they'll well, absolutely. No, no, no. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's great. So that goes back to the teamwork thing, where you just say, like, this is kind of a problem getting out of the house in the morning, and I really need to work as a team. You know, we're going to start this checklist thing, and this is what I expect you to do, and I'm going to see if you can do it all by yourself first, 
And then if, if you're not able to do that, then we'll have to talk about a consequence for not being able to do that. And that's, that is really helpful because a lot of times when you present it that way, that you're not going to have a consequence maybe right away, but like if you can do it on your own, great. But if you can't, we need to talk about a consequence for it. You know, and so we have had to do a lot of compromising to get them out of the house on time. Um, but it's good to have that checklist to be like, guys, come on, you know, 735. That's what our checklist says is that we need to be out of the house by 735. Let's see if we can do it this time. Oh, it's 736. We'll try tomorrow. I hope we get it. I mean, really, truly, that's kind of the, the team effort. Okay, let me see. Uh, make sure I got everything. Okay. Well, and then don't forget that if you say that, and they don't get ready and do what you ask them to do, you don't go to the park. I'm sorry, you didn't get ready and you don't have time now. Woo! They'll do it next time. Okay, number four, empower them with age. Empower them with age. And this doesn't matter if they are little or if they are older. Um, you can always say, when you're older, you can try again. You know, we have a lot of problems with, with the tablet. We don't have anything fancy in our house. We don't have any game systems yet. We don't have anything like that. We just have a little tablet, and that sometimes is a problem, especially with my oldest. He doesn't listen and obey when it's time to turn it off. Um, he has a really nasty attitude about it. So you know what we say? Clearly, you're not old enough to handle this yet. So we're going to put it away. It's already It's been put away now for two weeks. Um, and he asked, Mommy, it's spring break. Am I going to be able to play the tablet? And I say, I don't know. Are you old enough now to handle the responsibilities of being kind to your family still and being able to listen and obey when it's time to turn it off? I think so. Okay, well, we'll try again then. We'll see if you're older now. So it's great to use that age thing because, again, it gives them power, them control, and them the ability to decide if they are old enough to do that. And if they aren't, then they don't get that privilege. Right? It's really great. I'm telling you, i got to share this quick story. My, my four and a half year old, i got a lot of stories about him. But we do this a lot with food, because in our house we, we do not co complain about food. We are grateful for our food. We eat whatever's on our plate, period. That is our expectation. And so he... <laughs> our thing is, is, you know, you are older now. So you might like this. So you should try it again. Well, I didn't like it yesterday. I know, but you're older now today. So you might like it now. And so I'm not kidding you. He had a little vegetable, a vegetable medley. And it was like some um, like yellow squash and um, zucchini and onion and peppers. And it was just all mixed up. And he took a bite of it. And he said, I don't like this. And I said, well, that's okay. You know, you're grateful for it. Let's just, you can try again eating it tomorrow. And he just sat there quietly throughout the meal. And I heard him take another bite. And he goes, I still don't like it. <laughs> and, then, and then he does this. <sighs> okay, I'm older now. <laughs> I still don't like it. <laughs> okay, I'm older now. He ate his entire plate of food doing that. <laughs> that was how empowering it was to him to think, wait, I'm older now. Like, even just a few seconds older might make a difference. <laughs> so I'm telling you, that is a really powerful tool for powerful kids. 
because they want to be older. They want to have more privileges and they want to have like, yeah, I can do this. Like I'm a big kid. So use that to your advantage. Okay. Number three. (laughs) Oh, parents, we have to respond with humor because they're going to say and do some really ridiculous things. And so like with that line crossing thing, it could just be if they say, well, you didn't say that we couldn't, you know, dance across it and dance across the line. Well, you can just laugh. You can just say, nice try. Or you can say, aha, very funny. You know, we don't have to punish everything. We don't have to get so offended about everything, so upset about everything. We can just laugh some things off and be like, haha, nice try, kiddo. You know, try again. I love you, buddy. And then give them a noogie. I'm telling you. Little things like that, playful things like that, will just really help your relationship. And that's really what it's all about, right? Is we want to have that close, positive relationship with our kids. Message from your strong-willed child. If I commit to it, I'll do it. If you make me do it, I won't. So again, it's so important to get them to buy in to what you need for them to do. Number two. When we empower our kids and when we work as a team with them and when we set expectations and consequences for them, we have to let them fail. We do. We have to let them fail. We have to suffer. We have to let them suffer natural consequences and logical consequences for their actions. I mean, that's just life. You know, we can't rescue them um, from everything. We have to let them forget homework assignments, be late for school, suffer those consequences. You know, because we can do everything right. We can have everything in place. We can have all these checklists. And they may still choose not to do things well. And we have to say, well, you know, you'll have to suffer those consequences. And then we have to let them fail. Let me share with you. This is funny. Okay. Do you guys recognize this at all? Okay. This is from the playground right here at Windsor Road. And if you don't know what this is, this is just one of those big pipes. And it has like a staircase with a platform. And then it has a big yellow slide on the other end. And this is just an example of a natural consequence. Because my daughter wanted to take into the playground with her this teeny tiny little animal that she called Little Peep. And we got it at Goodwill. And he was one of those wind-up toys, you know, that kind of walks, you know. And and it ended up breaking, so I removed the legs and stuffed it with some pillow stuffing and sewn it up. So this just this little tiny thing. I'm like, I don't think that's a very good idea to bring that in. I suggest that you leave it in the car, but it's up to you what you want to do with it. So she decided to bring it in. Well, they were playing hide-and-go-seek with it, and they were playing like hide-little-peep. And let me tell you that that is hollow. She put it up what she thought was on a ledge, and it ended up being a big giant hole. And so Little Peep fell all the way to the bottom of that big pipe. And it took everything in my power not to say, I told you so. (laughs) Right? We have to stop doing that, you guys. We have to just be like, oh, gosh, that's so disappointing. But I told you so. Right? So... 
we were like, okay, well, this is really sad, and she was she was crying, and, and, you know, and of course, I'll be honest, I did tell her that, like, well, if you would have just left it in the car, because sometimes you just have to say that, but see, there is that, see that teeny tiny little yellow guy down there? Yeah, that's little Peep. So anyway, we just decided, like, okay, how do we solve this problem together? What can we do to solve this problem? Because, like, our first thing is little Peep is just going to die in there. Okay, Little Peep's going to be in there forever and ever, and that's just where Little Peep is going to be for the rest of his life. So we came home, and she drew a little picture of rescuing Little Peep. And so we had, that day, we went back, we had three generations of strong-willed people. My dad, myself, and my little girl. And we were determined to rescue Little Peep. And so it took some duct tape and (coughs) one of these guys. We dipped it in there. And we ended up, it probably took about 45 minutes and about 15 tries. And the, the, the key was that I had to stick my arm down into, like, into the top and, and get it. Because it would come up just almost, and it would fall every time. So I stuck my hand in, we got it, and it was like, oh, we did it! We rescued little Pete! <laughs> and she just cried tears of joy. And so that's where it's like, yeah, that was a natural consequence of her actions of taking little Peep in. But it was also an example of teamwork to say, gosh, I bet we can figure this out. Let's solve this problem together. And so we were able to get little Peep out. And it was just, it was just such a beautiful moment. So we have to let them fail because it's in those moments where they fail, where they have those consequences that we can teach the most and encourage them the most and work as a team the most. So don't be afraid to just let your kids fail. Okay. A message from your strong-willed child. I need rules, because they do need rules, by the way. They do need rules. But I need relationship more. And I will only follow your rules if I love and respect you. And that is why this next one I want you to to put a star next to, too. Number one, this is the number one way, besides prayer, besides giving them power, besides working as a team, this is the number one way that you can make a positive impact in the life of your strong-willed child. Give them lots of positive attention. Because kids will do anything to get any kind of attention, even if it's negative. And so we have to be able to take time to pour into their lives. They have to have this from us. And a lot of times their behavior all goes back to they just want our positive attention. They just want us to spend time with them and that literally is the number one thing that we can do as parents to help these strong-willed kids no matter how old they are it doesn't matter no matter how much they roll their eyes it doesn't matter they want you they need you and they absolutely positively will value any time that you're willing to give them 
So I want to share with you, if you've ever heard me talk before, I will always share the four bedtime questions. Um, so I do want to share that. But one of the things that my oldest and I have started to do is every night we read a chapter or two or three, this is kind of short, together. And if you if you have older kids and you've not read the book Wonder with them, read it with your kid, okay? Read it aloud to them, actually. Because never stop reading to your kids, even when they can read by themselves. I actually remember that from whenever I had to go to a teaching seminar, a presenter said, it doesn't matter how old your kids are, read to them, always, forever and ever. Because let me tell you, my nine and a half year old loves this time, and this is just our book. We don't read anything, he doesn't, he reads other things on his own, but we, he waits for me to read this with him on the nights that I can. And we snuggle up, and we read together, and we have so many conversations we have so many things about, well, what would you do in this situation? Well, what do you think this kid should have said? Well, what do you think the kind thing would have been to do? I, it is just amazing. I absolutely love and treasure this time. And I cry every single time. And he's just like, oh, mommy. And, like, don't even get me started on a dog's purpose. It is just a book made to make you cry. That's it. Oh, my gosh. So sad. But the fun thing, too, is then we watch the movies together. And he loves it. We read the book, and then we watch a movie. Just, just us, my, my husband and, and myself and him and the other two kids go to bed, and he stays up and gets to watch the movie with me, and he loves it. And then this book, he reads with my husband only. And he's like, do you know how many times I've just been able to talk to him about teamwork and about uh, sportsmanship and all those things that you need to be a good team player in a family or on a baseball team from this book? I mean, it's just such a great thing. So find that time. And then my oldest, he's the one I've been doing the four bedtime questions with for the last four years. And he will just say, even if I'm like, okay, buddy, good night. He's like, well, the four questions. I'm like, oh, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. So the four questions are favorite, least favorite part of your day. Those are one and two. Favorite, least favorite part of your day. Number three, how did you show kindness and love today? That's a great one. How did you show kindness and love today? Because strong-willed kids, remember that they are very, very self-focused. We need them thinking of other people. How did you pour into someone else's life today? And then number four is what other questions do you have about your day? Or is there anything else you want to talk about? You know, and honestly, there's times where I get really great conversations, and there's times where I just get nothing, everything, was good. I'm at, uh, you know. But he just likes that extra time. He likes me snuggling with him and sitting next to him just for those extra few minutes. And the last thing I want to share is something that we started doing called Take 10. And so I take 10 minutes every day that I can with each of my kids individually. And I say, hey, it's your turn. What do you want to do for Take 10? And they'll be like, oh. You know, I get to do take 10. Okay, uh, I want to play Uno. Okay, great. So we'll just play a, a quick game of Uno or two during that 10-minute time. And then I move on to the next kid. Hey, it's your turn. What do you want to do for take 10? And my oldest, he always wants to play crazy basketball. And that is where we play on this, this little hoop down in our basement, and there's no rules. Okay? There is kicking and poking and tackling and tickling, and he loves it. And it's exhausting. And I, I have to really work my energy level up. But it's like 10 minutes 
But it's like it totally pours into him for that 10 minutes of time. That is all I can take. (laughs) But it means the world to him. You know, and then my youngest, he gets taken in all day long because I'm home with them all day long. But it's just a great thing. And the thing is, is I can spend time with them all the time, but when you call it take 10, when you call it something special, then it's even more special to your kid. Like, I want to do take 10 with you. Okay, you're next, so I want you to be ready. And then here's my rule, is when I'm done, we hug, and I say, I love you so much, and I love spending time with you. And then they say back, I love you too, and I can't wait to do this again. And then we go. And then they look forward to it next time. Okay, but if, we, if they know it's coming, it's so special. Like, hey, I'll get you again tomorrow. Now, if you have older kids with busy schedules, you might need to do like a take 30 on the weekend. And just be like, hey, I want to do take 30 on the weekend with you. I want to schedule a time from 10 to 10.30 on Saturday morning. Does that work for you? You know, or you tell me your time and let's get together this week. And I want to do 30 minutes of whatever you want. Because that's the trick. Whatever you want to do. See how we give them the power to decide. My youngest, you know what he wants me to do? He wants me to sit and listen to him explain all of his police equipment. <laughs> I'm like, really, buddy? You don't, you don't do anything else? No, no, no. Okay, so this is my billy club, and look what I do with this. And then this is my, this is my knife and my gun, and I'm like the bad guys. And like, okay. And I just sit and listen. That's all he wants me to do for 10 minutes. And then I'll come back to him and be like, buddy, take 10 again. What do you want to do? I want you to listen to me talk about my police equipment again. (laughs) But it's like, if that's what he needs, and that gives him power, and that gives him control, that is awesome. Right? I mean, that is like the greatest thing that we can do. So I have a quote from from one of my uh, trainers whenever I trained to be a parenting coach. And they say this. Quality, the quality of your relationship is the most effective tool for your discipline with your kid. The quality of your relationship is the most effective tool for disciplining your kid. Because they're going to listen to you if they know that you love them and want to spend time with them and just enjoy being with them then you become a totally different person to them instead of just someone that's out there to get, a, to get them. All of a sudden you become like, okay, like she likes me. She wants to play with me. She wants to be with me. She values me. And so I want to respect that because I want to keep having that relationship with this person. And so that is like so important that we do that. Okay, um, I want to end with a letter from your strong-willed child. And then um, I thought just because this was a big group that if you do have a few questions at the end, feel free to stay for a few more minutes. But um, when I'm finished here, I'll pray. And then if you've got to go, you've got to go so we can respect the child care workers because they're probably pulling their hair out. All right, so a letter from your strong-willed child. I'm sorry that I'm not perfect. I'm sorry I don't always follow the rules. I'm sorry that I frustrate you and make you want to pull your hair out. I am so sorry. Sometimes I don't know why I do what I do or say what I say. Sometimes it seems that I want to do the right things, but just can't quite will my body to do it or my voice to say it. 
There's just something in me that needs to rebel, that needs to do things my own way. I know it sounds ridiculous, but there's something in me calling calling me to be my own independent spirit, able to think and feel outside of what is presented to me. And I'm just testing these boundaries. And that has to be frustrating to you, but please don't give up on me. I get frustrated too. I know I'm difficult. I hear you calling me a challenge, but you are a challenge to me too. (laughs) And I believe that we actually need each other, that we are meant to strengthen each other somehow. But I know it's hard. So even when I disobey or yell and scream and tell you how much I don't need you, I do. You are my parents, and I need your wisdom, your guidance. I need you to care about me. I need you to want what is best for me. I need you to challenge me, and I need you to teach me and expect great things from me. I cannot handle this on my own. I know I'm like a roller coaster constantly up and down in my emotions, but I need you to stay steady. This calling on my life is deep and will take time to truly develop into what God wants it to be. And until that time comes when we see his plans and his purpose for what this strong will is all about, I can't be left alone. I can't be ignored. I also can't be given my own way all the time. And I know that because I know it can go bad. I know it can go in a direction that's not God-honoring. I feel it. I see it happening sometimes, and I don't want that. I don't. I want God's best for me. I want a good life. I want a close family, and I want to follow God and fulfill his special purpose for my life. But it's a team effort. I cannot do this alone, even though I act like I want to sometimes. Even though I act like I'm in charge, I need you. And you have to help me. This home under your prayers and leadership, is where I was meant to be. And it is right here in this place and time that I will be refined the most in order to use this calling for him the best. I don't have a clue what I'm doing right now, so please be there for me as I find my way and figure all this out. Don't let me get away with things that aren't right. Don't give, me, don't give up on me no matter how much of a challenge I am. I need to know that you are in this for the long haul, that you will be there for me no matter what that I matter to you. And will you please promise to love me, but love me even when I'm so unlovable? Will you promise to expect my best, but love me even at my worst? Will you let me fail, but never fail to love me when I do? Will you teach me well, but let me learn my own lessons from my own mistakes? Will you train me right, but be right next to me to encourage me even when I choose wrong? Will you be disappointed in me, but love me endlessly, even when I disappoint myself? I am the hardest on myself, by the way. Harder than you will ever realize. I don't even understand all of these feelings that I have inside. I feel so lost sometimes, but you give me hope. When you believe in me, I start to believe in myself. When you trust me, I start to trust myself. When you spend time with me and listen to me, I start to value myself. When you call me responsible and treat me with respect, I start to see myself as worthy. That's how much I value what you see in me because you are the mirror through which I see myself the most. And when I look at you and I see love and acceptance reflecting back at me, I feel like I can do anything. 
like I can change the world. So please, don't give up on me. I need you. Love, your strong-willed child. Oh, Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of our strong-willed children, Lord. And please, Lord, give us your wisdom and your guidance to be able to shepherd these strong hearts, these strong wills, God, that we know you have given them for your purpose. God, it's hard. And they make us want to cry, and they make us want to hide, and they make us want to just give up sometimes, God, but we just want to press into you and trust you, and we know that you will provide for us, God. We just thank you for this time tonight. Lord, we just pray that as we leave here that we will be refreshed, that we will look at our strong-willed kids in a whole new way, and more importantly, God, that we would just have just a new vision and um, a new excitement to partner with our strong-willed child, to work with them, to be who you created them to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you all. God bless you.